You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free when you use our special promo code, BILL. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew. Dot com promo code bill b-i-l-l to try it free blue chew is the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the after chat hello everybody and welcome to the after chat i'm josh chernoff and i'm joined as always by wonderful willie bill after bill how are you today well i'm always good always up and ready to be right here at the after chat with my favorite co-host so says chernoff josh chernoff and my goodness josh there is so much going on and this week as you know we decided Let's not bring a guest into the after chat. Let's. There's so much chatter going on other than a classic interview and our wonderful sponsors. This should be putting stuff on the table the day after Thanksgiving, of course, and discussing what's going on in the world of professional wrestling because there's Man, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there absolutely is. Uh, so I think at this point, we're just going to jump right into Headlock on Headlines. All right. Okay, I've landed. Did you land? Yeah, I'm still flying through the air. I have a lot of hang time. Um, let's, uh, let's begin with uh, something that, as we're recording this, is kind of almost like a breaking news type of situation here. Um, but before we get into this breaking news, I think that there's really no better time in the show, and you'll all follow this in a second, uh, to announce the After Chat Male Wrestler of the Year for 2018 okay. than right now. Okay, so what Josh and I did was we decided that for the wrestler of the, the After Chat podcast wrestler of the year, male, female wrestler of the year, tag team of the year and broadcast duo of the year it would not be a wwe person or persons correct josh correct we went outside the box and if some of you or a lot of you watched the uh nwa's 10 pounds of gold um you saw that josh and i along with our tech guy calvin uh presented a gentleman in October, and his beautiful wife was there too, in October with the Male Wrestler of the Year Award. And Josh, tell them why we did this in October. 
Well, we did it in October because much like a lot of the other um, Wrestler of the Year, the year-end awards that happen, uh, you know, the, it takes time to, uh, we presented, and as you'll be able to see at uh, youtube.com slash the after chat, you're going to see the video of this presentation. Uh, you'll see the plaque that Bill and I presented to the to the uh, the male wrestler of the year. So, you know, look, there's some time to get that stuff made. You got to get the plaque made. You got to uh, schedule with the talent to be able to do this presentation. And we felt and that we all we also have to make sure that we agree on the this particular choice and instantaneously we had we both had the same reaction coming out of uh, Chicago. Right. So, I mean, uh, that certainly isn't why we needed extra time then. Uh, but not at all, you know, not but no, the, the, uh, the idea was we thought, you know, you can sit here and go, Oh, wrestler of the year is on our podcast. And that's like, okay, that's fine. But we really wanted to be able to bring for the after chatters. We wanted to bring the wrestler of the year, uh, whether it's male, female tag team. And of course the broadcast duo, we wanted to be able to bring that to you. Yeah. Uh, in video form. So that's why we had to do between scheduling and everything. And at the end of the day, it's uh, it's it's our award to give so we can do it whenever we want. So why don't you explain before we give the name of this person, what the uh, what brought us to this decision of this particular person? Like the I parameters. Mean, I... What's that? The parameters of. of... Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, well, we looked at the, for everything, tag team, male wrestler, female wrestler, we looked at what, uh, contribution as a whole they gave to the business this year. We didn't look at it in the same, like, you know, necessarily, and this is not to say that they didn't necessarily have a match of the year or whatnot, but this, we looked at it as a, as a whole, what did they bring to the professional wrestling business? Right, and that's where Bill, if you want to make the uh, the formal announcement, yeah, I would like to do that. By the way, when you said parameters, uh, uh, because this is a Skype based show, you dropped out, and I couldn't hear the word. So okay. if you heard me say what, that's why I wasn't doing I'm a so, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm so glad that you took the time to uh, to explain, explain that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I have <laughs> to go back to those things anyway. So, ladies and gentlemen. And children of all ages, the wrestler of the year, as voted upon by the staff of the After Chat Pro Wrestling Podcast, now going into its, what episode, Josh? This is episode 16, Bill. Episode 16, ladies and gentlemen, and again, children of all ages, the After Chat Wrestler of the Year is i don't know if i could i don't know should we do it this early i was say this intro is is about as long as his entire career yeah well. you're it's, absolutely it's almost, right. it's almost time to announce the uh, 2019 wrestler of the year <laughs> but yes for 2018 he has done so much inside and outside the ring and he's made uh, he's made a whole new audience and a whole new level of professional wrestling um, along with several other people who we'll talk about later on. But Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, is the After Chat Podcast Wrestler of the Year. Yes, that that, that is true. Um, Cody Let's Rhodes. Let's all stand. Let's yeah. all stand and 
applaud. No, there we go. I'm not hearing any applause. I'm holding a that, microphone. I can't. Yeah, but 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 you're the there producer. You that's a, the that's sound. a sound effect. Oh, you yeah. okay? Well, I'll add a sound effect right here. Wow, that's an overwhelming uh, applause. No, uh, we have the video. If you you should absolutely check out uh, uh, YouTube.com/slash the after chat. Uh, the video of the presentation to Cody uh, and of course his wife Brandy was there with him. Um, it, it's a very funny video. It features uh, Im impressions. Uh, it features uh, head kissing and uh, and anything you would ever want to see in, as far as uh, uh, floral patterned jackets go. Yes, yes, it was all in. It really was. Yeah. Speaking of all in, maybe we should talk about all out because this is the the breaking news we were talking about before. Uh, as was announced this week, uh, All Elite Wrestling LLC recently filed for several trademarks. And uh, the, the, the word that's been going around for a while is that the uh, Jaguars co-owner, Tony Khan, has been planning some sort of promotion. There was rumor that it involved Chris Jericho, rumor it involved Jim Ross, and Jericho uh, said no. Jim Ross more or less said the same thing, um, which of course means nothing. And you know, how many times has Chris Jericho said he wasn't going to be somewhere specific, like all in? And oh, uh, right. You know, so, but one thing that we do know is uh, that the uh, address for All Elite Wrestling LLC is the same as the uh, Jaguars. And what we also know is uh, one of the logos that's that's been shown is for All Out. Now, and let me let me mention that the names filed for trademark include All Elite Wrestling, AEW All Out, as you mentioned, All Out, AEW, Double or Nothing, AEW Double or Nothing, uh, several logos including the ones we just said. But the most interesting one to me, Josh, is Tuesday Night Dynamite. Yes. So we're going to circle back around, though, because I didn't actually get to say it yet because um, we're so excited. We're jumping all over the place. Yeah, this is great. Um, the logo that's been making the rounds is, an all, is AEW All Out. And in case there was anybody who still wasn't convinced, the All Out is the all-in logo without stamped on top of the in so right. this is i mean and of course the elite we know that they're that the you know the separation of the bullet club which we mentioned on a previous episode i believe i i i, I had uh, mentioned this or you had mentioned this that it was apparent that they were trying to distance themselves from the bullet club and i think i, I questioned who owns the rights to the bullet club and the idea here is that obviously they own someone involved here owns the rights to the elite. And that's why they made that change. Yeah. Uh, I feel very confident saying that, uh, Cody and the bucks, um, if not Kenny Omega as well, will be moving on to this new promotion. Uh, I mean, it's obviously some sort of promotion, but the question, and this goes back around to what you were about to bring up, Bill, the question is, are we talking about an all in two uh, called all out double or nothing is actually what the rumored name for all all in two would be. Um, are we talking about all these, you know, pay-per-view ideas or streaming, well, you know, events I, or I think it's just going to be, uh, they're going to bombard. And I think it's going to be the streaming media with right. everything that's going on here. And I think again, that you and I talked 
uh, a day or two ago about with Cody. It was so interesting. He's the first guy to come out of WWE, not being satisfied with WWE, to go out on his own and start something really new and exciting and really get it going. Yeah, I mean, with so many guys, so many guys have tried to do something like this. They'll start a little promotion, et cetera. They'll get 150, 200 people in a uh, uh, in an independent hall someplace. But the the way that Cody and um, the Young Bucks have brought this up to a level that has never been seen before, you wonder what the competitiveness is going to be with WWE, how far can they go? Right. They, so, because remember, you don't need TV anymore. Right, you they don't, but it, it doesn't mean that they won't have it. And there are plenty of channels out there that could be interested in this. Of course, you'd have to imagine that if, in fact, Tony Khan is a part of this, which how could he How could he not be? Like, this just, it, you know, it, it's the same address as, as his office. Like, you know, this is pretty apparent. Um I'm going to go out on a limb and say a billionaire owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars probably has a couple of connections in the television business. And Well, because I'm not familiar with them, where are they televised? Jacksonville Jaguars? In Jacksonville, correct? Well, no. I mean, do they do they have a TV outlet? Well, the Jaguars, I mean, they're a they're a team. Right. I understand that. But I'm right. saying where are they seen on TV? I'm sure wherever, you know, uh, the the Eagles would be. Oh well, you see, keep in mind now that you got me a guy that doesn't follow football. I don't follow baseball. I don't follow basketball. For all I know, the Jaguars are a local. I didn't know they were an NFL team. Yeah, no, they're they're uh, currently, I believe, fourth in the AFC South. Well, you see, I don't follow yeah. it, so I, ha- no, I have no, and that's fine. I, that's fine. I mean, I'm I'm not I. Don't get me wrong. I, I couldn't really name a single person on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I do, you know. I'm, I'm what about fam- a married one? Wow. Oh, man. I think no, we, but keep in mind also we that. just I hit a comedic that, low. No, no. I, um, I think that there are a lot of people listening to this also who are just, you know, uh, football yeah. is an outer space, so and, they don't and, know who the Jaguars are. No, and that's a really good point because I am talking about it as though they would know. So uh, to give a little bit more detail, yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they are uh, the football team for Jacksonville, Florida. Um, they are a major uh, NFL football team, a franchise, and they are owned by uh, or co-owned by um, by Tony Khan. Um, whose father, I believe, is the is the one of the other owners. Um, and uh, from all the reports I've seen, Tony Khan is a billionaire. So that uh, you know, this is this is legit. Um, this is shades of of uh, you know, billionaire Ted. Back to 1988 when he took over and yeah, uh, and both Ted signed, signed the papers. Yeah, for, and Ted uh, Turner obviously what was able to make WCW stand out and be competitive was uh, you know not directly from his wallet, but that's always been the the story. That's always been the narrative. That's been the money. That's but been said. but consider but more than money, the money. More than the money. It's the connections, and that's yeah, why but I mentioned. Wait, wait, wait. Let Let's back up now. You remember the name Ed Einhorn? Yes. Okay, so he brought uh, the IWA. He had plenty of money. He had plenty of connections. He had TV. 
But again, they could not get past what was the WWF back back then. Here's what I think well, is going to But happen. that's a totally different. I mean, you're well, talking about what was that? That's like this, baseball. Was that like? That's baseball, and he, they had Mil Mascaris, they had Bulldog Brower, they had you know all, a lot of top names. Right, but we're talking there. about when was this? The seventies? No, I'd, I'd have to look up what. Uh, uh, what I'm just talking about a powerhouse, a guy with money and connections. That's what I'm talking about. Right, and no, and the, and and you're making a valid point, but I think what I guess what I'm thinking of is yes, money and connections aren't going to do everything. But if you're talking about money connections and then being connected to Cody Rhodes and the Young that's Bucks, it. and that's that's where you have, for instance, you know uh, Ted Turner buying uh, WCW wasn't enough. It was when they started. It was the talent that came in. Well, WCW, that's these guys have a built-in audience, right? And yeah. Yeah, and, but it'll be interesting to see who is uh, going to go. I mean, there's plenty of people that we know have, uh, I, I believe, Jay Lethal just re-signed with Ring of Honor. Um, you know, so the question becomes, if all this is going the way that we think it is, who are they going to bring on? But there's so many people. And then, Bill, you had mentioned uh, when, before we were recording, you brought up a great point. We decided to wait and not talk about it until we were on the air. What about the NWA? What happens well, now with the NWA? Let me back up for a minute before we talk about the National Wrestling Alliance, which was, which seemed to be part of this whole movement, so to say. Mm -hmm. But one of the thought I wanted to throw in here is that there is a relationship with a TV company that's trying to broaden their spectrum of pro wrestling. They currently have uh, New Japan. They're getting wow, the women of wrestling. I'm talking Access. about Access yeah. TV. And yeah, Access TV would be an excellent starting they, platform they denied for these guys. any involvement when the rumors were originally circulating again right. that means nothing so um you know that means they just weren't ready or maybe they hadn't actually signed anything yet or maybe it's not going to be access maybe it's going to be any you know any other channel out there there are so many channels or as you mentioned streaming so it there's the one thing that i would say for sure is that and, and All In, I believe, proved this to everybody. These guys uh, may have the guts to jump into something that's a little, uh, that some people would be a little uh, iffy on, but they do their homework. And I cannot imagine that a successful businessman like uh, Tony Khan and, a, uh, and, and people like Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, I can't imagine that they are jumping in blind. Oh, absolutely not. Um, Absolutely. Not. What I find interesting, and, and you had mentioned this before, the, the the trademark that you found most interesting was the Tuesday trademark. Yes, and that is because SmackDown is going to Fox on Friday nights, mm -hmm. leaving Tuesday night wide open. So when you talk about uh, business acumen and thinking the right way, Tuesday night's wide open right yeah, now. And Tuesday, Why not jump on Tuesday it? Tuesday night dynamite just man, that just feels like Monday Nitro. It really it, it yeah, and I had yeah. mentioned to you when we were at All In, um, just the atmosphere of visually. Uh, I, I'm not comparing anything other than just the visual presentation 
reminded me so much of WCW in a good way, in the sense that it looked clean, it looked professional, and it looked like an alternative to the WWE. It did not look like WWE light. It didn't look like a, a you know a lesser version trying to be anything else. It but it looked bright and professional. It and had that feel to it. It had yes. that. It it was almost like it can like. WCW was reborn the correct mm-hmm. way. And and yeah. so, you know, you talked about nobody had ever done something like this before, but that's not 100% entirely true. Like this, absolutely not. Yeah. If you're not really on this technical. level. Right. Except if I had to think of somebody who, and it wasn't exactly the same leaving the WWE, but for the most part was uh, uh, fired uh, on television. And I'm talking about Jeff Jarrett. When WCW folded, Vince McMahon came out oh, there yeah. and, and yeah. basically fired him. Uh, said, you know, that he'd be gone. And, uh, and of course, in reality, he didn't fire him. He just did not pick up his his contract. Jeff Jarrett went on to form TNA. Well, which... wait, let's stop there. It wasn't just Jeff Jarrett. Well, yeah, no, but I'm making... There were three people who were responsible for this. And I know for a fact that one of them had this... They were going to do this whether Jeff was fired or not. Jerry Jarrett... Well, you know. ...had... Yeah, Jerry Jarrett was really the person to help kick this off. And there was one other guy, a guy that uh, worked for uh, WCW way back when, also Bob Ryder. Yes. He was involved in this as well. Yeah, So, so. I, but again, we're talking about Cody and the Bucks and who knows how many other people are involved in this. Uh, I just, to me, this is the most exciting thing to happen since All In. All right, so let's move. Let's move now to this coming April, the uh, Ring of Honor mm-hmm. and New Japan has sold out Madison Square Garden, the first non WWF WWF WWE show, almost almost ever. It's been that long ago at the Garden. The Garden is the mecca of sports palaces for pro wrestling fans and the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. So now a lot of these fans who bought the tickets, this happened fairly quickly after all in that word got out about this thing. And when tickets went on sale, I think a large part of the ticket buying wrestling fans were figuring, Oh, Cody, the young bucks, Kenny Omega, they're all going to be there. Let me buy my tickets. And What's maybe, your reaction to that? Maybe they will be. You know, I don't know, and maybe you know this. What What is their uh, – everyone knows that the contract with Ring of Honor is up January 1st. Is their deal with New Japan uh, long-term? Is their deal kind of being borrowed from Ring of Honor? What's the deal with New Japan? I don't, I don't want to talk about it unless I know all the facts, and I don't. But they have, according to Joe Koff, who is the uh, the main guy over at Ring of Honor, they have an excellent working relationship. So the so, idea, theoretically, we're going to go on the assumption that, that uh, the Bucks and Cody are under contract to Ring of Honor and have been lent out to New Japan is what we're assuming. Right, however— We don't know that however, for a fact, but we're We assuming. don't know that— we don't know that, but what we what we do know is that depending upon when this whole uh, uh, all elite wrestling kicks off, are they going to be all in with Ring of Honor and New Japan, or well, or 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 is the National Wrestling Alliance Billy Corgan's group 
going to say, those guys aren't coming in here. They're a competitive organization now. We're going to bring in the stars of the National Wrestling Alliance. So, wow, here's right? My, yeah. <laughs> so here's my feeling with my gut feeling with the NWA. Um, I know that they are supposed to have some sort of announcement coming soon. Um, and, you know, we, we had the opportunity to talk to uh, uh, Dave Marquez um, a couple weeks ago. And he had mentioned that they're, you know, they had some, some exciting stuff coming up soon. Um, one idea could be, hey, maybe the, uh, the AEW, that's going to take some time getting used to, but AEW, maybe they will be a part of the National Wrestling Alliance. Maybe they'll be connected to them in some way. Or, uh, or, or, or on or, your, on your thought there. I think or, or has been said more in this episode than ever before. No, no, or or um, the AEW becomes the NWO, so to say, and there's a rivalry between the AEW, the National Wrestling Alliance, Ring of Honor, and New Japan. Man, what an explosion yeah. that would be. And, and, and here's what's cool about that, is that's something that could definitely happen down the line, I feel like. That's an option, but you need to make something like that feel special. They need to give it a year before they start combining. Oh, I don't know if they need um, that. You know, if they really, I, if they sock this to the people online, mm -hmm. the way they did for all in and just hit it really hard that we're going to invade Madison square garden. We don't care what these oh, guys no, have. For a little thing like that. Yeah. They could do it for like a, a, a one, I shouldn't say little thing, but I mean like a one night. I was going to say an invasion. <clears throat> Um, yeah. for a one night invasion. Yeah, that, that's fine. And everything I'm talking about, if you were, I thought you meant when you said NWO, like a long lasting storyline and then, well, you never know if this takes off and makes money for people. Yeah. Why not? I think, yeah. And so I think we're getting ahead of ourselves with some of it, but, um, again, it's the excitement and that's why we're getting ahead of ourselves. Cause this is, this is the first time to me. Um, cause even when, when Hogan and Bischoff, um, came to TNA and they were going to go head to head on Monday night. It was kind of like a, uh, like, yeah, this isn't going to work, but man, this could be, this is for one night. This can be kind of fun to think that this could be like the Monday night wars again. Um, yeah. this is the first time since WCW closed that I have felt this excited about something other than the WWE yeah, with the exception of maybe, uh, when Kurt Angle showed up in TNA, because yeah, that was the first time that I thought to myself, "Oh man, TNA is—they've just moved to the next level." Well, and let's let's talk about they—they they didn't. Um, let's talk about another level up here, and that is something I had asked you a while back: Is Chris Jericho going to kick Vince McMahon in the butt again? I mean, he had the relationship that he's had with the entire WWE, WWF back then, has been phenomenal. And now, since All In, everybody's wondering, what's he going to be doing next? And I personally, even though he says he has no involvement on this, I think that's erroneous information that he's putting out. Right. Because I think that surprise factor of anywhere he's going to show up should be a surprise that he is going to be a big part. Yeah. And he's a master at doing that. But here's, here's the thing about Chris Jericho, you know, for a long time, there'd been this whole, he won't work anywhere in the States. 
unless you know it's for the WWE, and that's been true, um, with the exception of showing up at All In, but technically didn't work a match. Um, but he showed up that he didn't have right. to technically work a match. He made a statement that right. night. And I think if you really look at Chris Jericho's career, um, in WWE, when he left WWE, he was one of the most entertaining parts of the show. When him and Kevin Owens were doing their stuff. Oh, it was uh, great. He was one of the most entertaining. He had the list. He had the, all the, you know, the drink it in and all that stuff. Um, but... I feel like he had reached a point in the WWE where he was being perceived as not a nostalgia act because he was reinventing himself constantly, but being perceived as that part-timer, that kind of, even when he wasn't, even when he was working house shows and doing things, he was still seen as, oh, it's Chris Jericho. They're not going to strap the rocket ship to Chris Jericho and, and make him you know world champion and give him a long run. It was kind of seen as though his time had come and gone at, at that position. However, yeah, you see, in New Japan, ahead. however, in New Japan, he shows up in New Japan and he is by no means a nostalgia act. He's he brand is, new. Yes. And that's where I think Chris Jericho, who has always had his finger on the pulse of what is is best for his career and what's what the fans want. I could see Chris Jericho making the decision to say, hey, look, I, I'm going to be a part of something huge and go be a part of it. Um it's very well, I don't interesting think to think what they're going to do as far as with a roster and and, and uh, just there's so many possibilities here. I don't think he's just going to be an in-ring talent and his in-ring ability has barely diminished, really. I yeah, mean, he, he really has. He, he's just amazing. But I think he will be part of what they used to call the office because for for Cody Rhodes to uh, and the Young Bucks to call experience – from someone who is a veteran in the business but still comes across as a really viable in-ring talent, yeah. Chris Jericho is the guy. Yeah, and again, you look at what Jericho is able to do. He obviously has a great uh, long-time relationship with Don Callis, and he has a relationship with Scott Demore. And you know, you you look at that connection when it comes to Impact. You look at his connections uh, to New Japan. So. Look at what he did, uh, even getting Ring of Honor versus Impact on the Jericho Cruise. So again, this brings up the idea that maybe, yes, this is going to be its own promotion, but it doesn't mean that they're going to close the door to the idea that they might work well, with Ring of Honor, well, that they might work with New Japan. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm waiting. You know, there is a possibility. That, <laughs> well, you'll have to wait. No, there is a possibility. None of us are thinking about this until... I just came up with this. Okay. But breaking what news. about yeah, what about <laughs> in, what about inserting this all elite wrestling? You got to know that Triple H is watching all this stuff. Right. What about if there's a deal going down somewhere that we don't know about that this group becomes the invasion group to the WWE. This would bring an incredible amount of new viewers, new eyes to WWE because those fans of Cody and the Bucks and Kenny Omega and all these guys are going to follow them wherever they go. So let's have a what if. Mm -hmm. Because this is, again, it's the wrestling business. And for business and the amount of financial value 
that the WWE could put into this as well. Just who knows? Look, anything is possible. I think, um, first of all, the, the, as far as them bringing new eyeballs to the WWE, I don't think that's the case because I have a, I've always had a, a feeling that, uh, you see a guy wearing a bullet club shirt who tells you he doesn't watch WWE, ask him why. And he'll go into detail about sure. everything that happened that week on Raw and SmackDown and why he doesn't like it. So I think, you know, there's still, these fans are still keeping up with the WWE. Okay. So uh, wait, wait, then, then it was wrong. The way I put it was wrong. When right, I'm saying but, new, new, eye, new yeah. eyeballs, I'm talking about that audience that's dedicated right. only to these people will come over with them. Right. But at the same time, I, I just think the involvement with, uh, this Tony Khan, I, I, I don't see, I think if you were talking about, um, you know, Cody and the Bucks and there being the elite show that they do and, and doing some sort of connection. I could see it, but that would involve them being signed to the WWE. I don't no, no, see I, a I, connection I, here. I, 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 again, it's just a thought, something. I doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean it, it isn't something that Cody would get a call from yeah. Triple H talking yeah. about it, but I don't know. Again, let them establish themselves because, you know, imagine if WCW had invaded two days after Nitro first aired, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have mattered so much as opposed to during the Monday night wars. Imagine if WCW invaded, you know, this so whatever's going to happen here, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. I think we should, since we're headlocked on headlines and we're kind of headlocked on this, which is yeah. such an exciting piece of news. Let's, uh, let's move on right now gonna... to, uh, one of our other topics. Yeah, so we're going to move on to a couple of things. I had a few things I wanted to talk about. Uh, one thing is we wanted to talk about the Survivor Series fallout, and I just wanted to take an opportunity to thank everybody who uh, checked out my uh, Sosa Chernoff Survivor Series special, which had nothing to do with Bill Apter. The opinions expressed in that were 100% my own. Um, but uh, And Bill, you can attest to that. Right. Uh, the attesting is here. Okay. So, uh, but I just wanted to thank everybody who went over and, and checked that out uh, on the YouTube page. Um, I want to thank WrestleZone for covering it. That was really cool. Um, to go on to WrestleZone and see at the top, they, had, they were covering our episode with Ted DiBiase. And then right below was covering uh, my Survivor Series special. That was really cool. So thank you again for that. Um, and uh, yeah. and while you're doing that, I want to thank all the people that watched my uh, uh, preview of the Survivor Series live on OneWrestlingVideo.com and also the uh, the wrap-up. So I've got something bothering me about Raw and SmackDown this past week. Mm -hmm. You want to know what it is? Yes. I wanted more of that feeling of what a great match Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey put on. I just felt it was almost passed over on both Raw and SmackDown. It was like, oh, this happened. And when that night at the Survivor Series, you and I chatted about that. And I talked to hundreds of people online about that. That was the most, even Stone Cold Steve Austin raved about it. That was one of the best matches in years. Those two women those two athletes worked their butts off and 
again, I know the WWE is a business and they have to move on to the next pay-per-view, but I think there should have been a lot more praise of what happened on that pay-per-view in that match than they actually gave to it. Do you agree? Uh, yes and no. I think that there was a decent amount uh, on SmackDown when Charlotte opened up the show before they moved on from it. The, the problem is, uh, and this is the issue with with having the two separate brands uh, go against each other at Survivor Series, the problem is they're on two different shows. So how much are you going to harp on something that you can't follow up on? Um, so I get it in that regard. However, I do think that um, it has been underplayed. That in the 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 Lesnar Very Daniel Bryan match, I think, was kind of underplayed. So um, that match Char- bothered me. That match bothered me. I thought it was great. No, no, I thought I wanted it to be great. Okay, and I'm not saying it wasn't great. But when you get 700 suplexes and your back and neck almost broken, and you're practically dead in the ring, and you start kicking the other guy in the head, and all of a sudden. You're you're pulling a uh, Muhammad Ali rope dope off of uh, George Foreman uh, there. That's not a football thing. Now that's a boxing. No, that's boxing, okay. but that's exactly that's what it was a rope dope. And for people who don't yeah. know what a rope dope is, you basically allow your opponent to tire themselves out throwing punches at you, and then once they're tired out, then you you attack. And Very well. Yeah, it just it just seemed to me that that was so unbelievable. And again, I I really loved the match mm-hmm. but that little one part i don't know i just I think sat there a, going like i think you make a great point and i and and i have something to, to add on to that uh something there were two parts of that that bothered me because i could have believed like okay hey they're telling this story like you said a rope or it's kind of that like you know underdog story except for the fact that they had just turned daniel bryan heel so none of it made any sense he was working like a baby face the whole time you know getting that energy from the crowd it didn't make any sense i i thought that was just straight up stupid to do the other thing is uh wait wait let me take that let me let me take your point mm-hmm. there and saying i think that uh yes they they turned a bad guy uh but i think that was part of that attitude to show that he's going to be unpredictable in that match against Brock Lesnar, okay. which he proved to be once he did the kicking and then uh, uh, came back to life. It was crazy Daniel Bryan. Right. So the other thing about it is he took a ton of suplexes oh. um, and then got, you know, and was like half unconscious looking at everything, which was, which told a great story. The only issue I have with that, um, what are you eating today? Tic-tacs. Yeah. Yes. Fruit, going on fruit a fruit adventure, adventure over there. Yes. All right. Yes. So while Bill goes on a fruit adventure, I'm going to uh, uh, continue my point here. So uh, I, I think the issue I had with it was if you look at Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel, Braun Strowman was hit with several, I think it was five F5s. One of them was over the top rope. And that was it. And so what we just saw was that, in essence, Daniel Bryan can take a significantly larger ass-kicking from Brock Lesnar than Braun Strowman can do and can keep on fighting and can dish out more of an impact onto Brock Lesnar than Braun Strowman can. I think it made no sense. Well, and now Brock Lesnar is sidelined. Braun Strowman, you mean? Yes, Braun yeah. Strowman. I'm sorry, We're t- I'm talking so fast here. Sorry, uh, Braun hey, Strowman. It's an exciting is night. Sideline. So, we now take the man who was the monster among men, mm-hmm. and to me, in the past few 
weeks, uh, people have been beating the crap out of him. Yeah. Uh, they really have. But uh, can they bring Braun Strowman back as that monster? This guy who is totally indestructible. But in some ways, I don't feel that about his character right now. What do you think? No, I think he's just been, uh, unfortunately, watered down a bit. Um, the flip-flopping when Roman Reigns was, uh, you know, had to leave, they, they immediately switched him back to being a babyface after they had worked on turning him into this bad guy uh, with Drew and, and Dolph Ziggler. So I, you know, unfortunately, when you kind of play hot potato with, with somebody's, uh, uh, you know, gimmick, it, it, uh, that sounds terrible, but it, um, it, it just, it, it waters the person down. And I think that's what happens. So maybe him being injured now, uh, is a blessing in disguise, but I don't know. Is he going to be out for a while? Is he going to be out for, you know, or does he come back bigger and better and angrier than ever? He could. I mean, I don't know. it, It could, it could happen. Uh, but regardless, uh, to circle back around before we take a quick uh, uh, break from headlines. I wanted to go back to what you were talking about with Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. I also felt that Ronda Rousey competing on Raw the the night after Survivor Series was a way of just saying, "Yeah, she took a real beating, but don't worry, it's all fake." Um, I understand. Well, I, did, I didn't see it that way. I I see what you mean. Here's why. But not wait, wait, not that it wasn't all. Uh, all fake, but it's just that she's a resilient MMA fighter and this is what they do. And that would have been fine had the chair on the head not happened. Correct. Oh, I agree. The kendo stick, those are superficial wounds. Those are going to hurt, but then you go, wow, look at, look at the, I mean, and they were legit. That's not, you know, that there was nothing fake about that. But, and then you're able to say, look at the beating she took and with all these bruises on her, she's still here to compete. But that putting the thing over the chair on her neck and doing all that—that's something there. That she should have been out for a couple weeks. And oh, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, at the very least, if you're gonna see her, she should not have been wrestling. It was just it it, it belittled it. Um, well, you know what they did in the old days when something that? like that happened? The person came out the next day in a neck brace. Yeah. That's what they needed—the old school yeah. neck brace. And it's just you know it it, it speaks more to the lack of logic that's going on. And, and I don't mean this to be the negative, you know, oh, everything in, in WWE is bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's a lot that just, man, doesn't make sense and just feels a lot like somebody's going, nah, they won't catch it. Who cares? Let's just move on. All right. So you said lack of logic. What are the, what are those initials? Lack of logic? LOL? Yeah. Give me the, LOL. Yeah. So, <laughs> There you go, as they say. One thing that I did want to mention also, that by this time next year or October of next year, we're handing out the Wrestler of the Year Awards if we decide to do WWE. You know who I'm looking at at this point? Who? I'm looking at Drew McIntyre. This guy guy has raised the bar of he is – the most intimidating guy on the roster. And he has become so comfortable in his own skin. Like you, if you look at him, everything he's doing, his facial expressions, his, his movements in the ring, 
he just seems so confident and comfortable. And it's, it's man, the sky is the limit for him. Uh, as long as he can stay healthy, I think 2019 is absolutely going to be Drew's year. Whether I we end too. up giving an award to a WWE guy or not, I don't think there's going to be any question that 2019 is going to be Drew McIntyre's year. However, uh, and I know that you know him back from uh, your days in Ohio Valley Wrestling, but yes. you were very you were very rude to him recently. Was I? Yeah, yeah. I spoke to him, and he told me you put his call on hold, and there was dead air, and you took like five minutes to come back. Yeah, well, hey, you know, got to got to make him wait. I was off talking to uh, to Stu Bennett. Let me pick up that name. Oh no! I I no no! I was trying to get you the uh, yeah. I know I know what you're doing the, oh, okay. here. Yeah, I know exactly what you're All doing. Right. Okay. What you're doing is you're talking about smart hold. But Bill, what is smart hold? Tell us, Josh. Smart hold is a message on hold service for only thirty five dollars per month. That's right, only thirty five dollars per month. Plus, and this is the best part, Bill. There are no contracts. So let's recap that for a second. Smart hold, message on hold service, only $35 per month with no contracts. If you run a business where you place your callers on hold, one of your most effective and least expensive marketing tools is message on hold from smart hold. I don't think a lot of people realize that when you have your caller on hold, you have a captive audience. Replace the radio stations and CD players, which by the way, is illegal. Maybe you have some really bad music that came with the phone or even worse, as we've been talking about, silence. With today's cell phones, placing a caller on hold to silence is deadly. Most callers won't be sure if they're still on hold, if they're still connected. They'll probably just hang up like you do or I do. Can you afford to lose that call, Bill? No, absolutely not. I couldn't afford to lose that call in my business. And that's why with Smart Hold, we make your callers hold time more enjoyable and informative while the caller's hold time feels shorter. It also makes you sound more professional because with Smart Hold, you get pro voice talent, both male and female, unlimited message changes, professional script writers, broadcast quality audio, fresh background music, music licensing fees, and even a Smart Hold player should you need one at no charge, all for only $35 per month per location served no contracts. So go to www.smart-hold.com and order today. That's www.smart-hold.com. Be smart, get smart hold. And as always, smart hold is the sponsor of the after chat classic. So we're taking a break now from our headlines because man, there are so many of them. And we're going to go right into this Awesome, classic interview. Bill, tell us all about it. Well, there was a maniac wrestler back in the day, back in the 70s, from Argentina. And his name was Pompero Furpo, the wild bull of the Pampas. And uh, he, was a, he was a small wrestler compared to the way a lot of wrestlers are uh, today. And he used to bite he used to do anything that he could to win a match. And I met him in a hotel room in Detroit, Michigan in the early 70s. And he agreed to do an interview with me. And some of the things that he said in this interview were sickening, as I said in the 
interview, but I want you to pay close attention to someone who was in character. He's actually he's still alive. Um, I'd say he's in his uh, late 80s, maybe early 90s at this point. And for somebody to stay in character and give an interview like this is an art. Now, Josh, there is one thing that I want to tell you and all the after chatters that this man had an influence, such a huge influence on macho man Randy Savage. And do you know how? Why don't you tell us? Well, one of Pompero Furpo's kind of, uh, well, one of his uh, things he said regularly was, oh, yeah. You'd ask him a question, you'd go, oh, yeah. And I didn't know this until Lanny Poffo, the brother of Randy Savage, told me about a year ago that that's where Randy got the oh, yeah from. He heard it from Pompero Furpo. So right that you didn't know that, did you? No, I, you know what? I think I had heard that once before, but uh, I didn't know it before I heard it. Well, play, play, will you play dumb here? You didn't know that before, did you, Josh? No, I had no idea, Bill. Thank you for wow. letting me know. But no, I think I, a lot of the after chatters did not know that. Yeah, no, and I did tell Josh uh, when I sent him the audio interview to put in our production this week <laughs> about that. But very good faking that. So Thank right you. now, let's go to the wild bull of the Pampas whose three biggest words were kill, murder, and destroy, Pompero Furpo. All right, uh, I feel like we're sort of in a cage here, not, uh, not in a hotel room. Uh, this man has got his room looking like that, and uh, he's known to California fans. What's the matter with you? Excuse me. Uh, he's known to California fans as the great Pompero, and back east here, Pompero Furpo. Uh, Do you can adapt yourself to my war? Or do you have to talk about your civilized manners and war? Well, sure, it's civilization. You're Isn't in civilization. Is wrong with this place where I'm staying right now? Well, yeah, it looks like, uh, I guess you could say a pig pen. Something like that, like a cage. That's As you can see, I'm just ignoring what you try to say. Listen, do you are here just to aggravate me? No, no, I want to find out what your purpose is. What is the purpose of the great Pompero? Very simple one, mister. I didn't come here to vacation in... I hear this part of the war at the present time is the capital resident center of it. Correct. And I come to compete. Mm. Against who? Against anyone. You mean the world heavyweight champions, uh, Pedro Morales or Dory Funk? Look, let me tell you something about these two ones, because you just mentioned it. I know they must have something to be a champion. Well, both of them do. Correct? But you know why they are champion? Why is that? Because they never faced me yet. They haven't faced Pompero Firpo yet. Correct. The great Pompero Firpo. If you don't mind. Great. I'm sorry. Okay, great one. Uh, let me ask you something. Our, a lot of people say that Pompero Firpo is, uh, beside being an animal, he's... Uh, I hate use that word, little. Well, I mean, don't, you don't not, have to. Not animals, no. Because we well, are, you are, all aren't of you? Our, our animals. You see, yes. all of us are animals. The only thing, I'm the superior one. Ah. That explains a lot. Oh, yeah. Are you an intellectual as well as an animal? The only thing I can say is I don't know anything. You don't know anything? Correct. Because nobody can know everything. Okay, well, years... Did you get the idea? Yes, I did. All right. I did. Now, years and years ago, we saw you teaming up... Hold it, hold it. What do you mean, years and years ago? Well, about... I'm a very young man. Oh, yes, no, I mean, when you first uh, started in this part of the country, about 1962, when you were in New York... Uh, 
as you will be soon, we hear. Uh, you teamed up with a man by the name of the Great Antonio, and the two of you split up. What was the reason for this split? Because in that team only was one great one. Antonio? Me? What oh. are you talking about, Antonio? Are it's you trying to annoy me? Well, no, no. Aggravate me? No, no, no. It's just that we okay, heard that... don't make mistakes then, mister. I'm sorry. We just heard that Antonio was, uh, thought that he was a little better than you were. Who thought that? Antonio. <laughs> that is his opinion. Mm. What comes is my opinion. Because if everybody recalls, I was the brain of that team. Right, exactly. Now, let me ask you something, uh, another opinion on something. You used to have a big feud going with uh, Antonino Rocca. Now, he's back wrestling again. Do you think he? in Montreal? What is he staying? Well, you want to get a hold of him? Oh, yeah. Why? For one simple reason. Because he is a renegade. He is a renegade and oh, you're not? Oh, no. Because I say where I come from. Where does he come from? Argentina, correct? I don't know. Because once he said he was from Argentina, then he said he was very proud to be an Italian. And now he said, I'm an American. Now you tell me, do you know where I think he belongs? Where's that? To the foreign legion. <laughs> okay, we'll pass Did that word on to Raka. You know what I mean. Yes, okay. we'll pass that on to Raka. Now, you used to, uh, you used to just uh, speak a couple of words of English. Uh, it was, if I remember correct correctly, it was... Kill, murder, and destroy. You feel you've lived up to your three uh, early English words? I don't need any more than that. That's what you do? Oh, yes. Who have you uh, destroyed recently? We know you've been in California. Uh, well, let me tell you. Three days ago, I had been in that amphitheater in Chicago, and something funny happened to me. You won a match? Well, uh, let's put it this way. My opponent sneaked up behind me and hit me in the head with that belt, you know. Yeah, right, the gong. Yeah. And then when I came to the dressing room, I have a funny taste in my mouth. I, is this clean? And you know what was it? What was it? My opponent's ear. Mm. That song's good, isn't you it? You chewed your opponent's ear off? Oh, and very tasty. How could anyone chew someone's ear off? I mean, you know, what, what type of man would do something like this, Pampero? Well, and then... A great Pampero, I'm sorry. And then, another day, another opponent comes well, to me... You, you dodged my question. How could anyone in their right mind... And he said to chew? me... Look at this. Referee! Is this man for real? That bothers me, you know. I didn't say anything. As soon as the bells ring, I run into him, and what a beautiful noise I hear. His back was broke. Uh. Oh, isn't that something? You broke a man's back and you're proud of it. Yeah, and, and you chewed his ear. Sight when they have to carry him on stretches. Well, listen, this whole interview is getting me a little sick right now. What's from the you can take it? Well, I can take it, but I've never seen anybody chew someone's ear or break it back and enjoy it. Now, we're, we're just going to have to wrap this thing Listen, up. Listen, let me tell you something. Rules, regulations are for the sissy ones. I wrestle as a man wrestle the primitive way. I don't ask and I don't give any mercy. Did you get the picture? Yeah, of course. Now, I fight fire by fire. They said, this is the jungle law. Have you ever wrestled scientific, clean? What you are talking to? You don't know the These meaning of clean. From the civilized world. In my country, we learn from the moment that we're born mm -hmm. to defend ourselves. 
This is the only way that we can survive. That's Argentina, correct? Yes, South America. And you know the question, mister? You see, you can go with the Bible around this business because I'm involved in very dangerous business. Sure, well, dangerous is my business. Kill or be killed, correct? And danger is my business. Okay, well, uh, we want to uh, thank you very much for this way out interview and uh, we can only look forward well I guess look forward or something to seeing you uh, wrestle Pedro Morales up in New York in a few months you know something when I look into this guy I just recall a big white rice you know big sacks of white rice yeah and you know rice is very easy to digest and that is what I still have in mind. Well, you beat him years ago, about 1961 yeah. at Sunnyside, didn't you? Yeah, well, that was a one-side contest. I was practically playing with him like a yo-yo. And he was looking to all the wrestling fans as a Mexican jumping bean, yeah. up and down. Well, let me ask you one more thing, uh, Pompero, before we do leave. I wonder... If you don't mind, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Great Pompero. Great Pompero, Furbo. I wonder, before we leave, if you could just give us your famous kill, murder, and destroy, as you... Uh, I'm sure it'll bring back memories to a lot of your uh, fans. Oh, yeah. Both of them. Kill. Destroy. Pulverize. What happened to murder? Well, you know, lately when I use that terms, my opponent gets so scared. He doesn't show up. making excuses. Uh -huh. I could make it because I have a flat tire. I could <laughs> make it because I have trouble with my engine. I could make it because suddenly I got a hay bag. You know what I mean? So you pulverize now. Yeah, until the moment comes in the ring. Then I do the third word. But shh, don't tell anybody because you know, as soon they smell something going on in my mind, all these guys get sick suddenly. And I don't like that. You see what I mean? Well, I'm you getting I'm getting sort of sick with this whole thing, so I would like to thank you very much and I know uh, it's your pleasure. I know it's your pleasure. It's been my pleasure. Him and Farouk both say this. Well, you see, uh, you can find every day a man like me. Yes. Yeah, which combine a man like you or which an animal? brain and muscle mm. you see okay well uh, thank you very much great Pompero. i said brain i'm sorry don't make mistakes bill after with the great pompero correct and let me give you a few more words to mr morales yes please if you are smart enough which i don't believe you are stay away from me leave that belt because if not, you have to leave it anyway. You will become a crippled one. Because I will get you, Morales, and your own feel. Because you see, I know your own language. I know your own culture. And of course, I am far ahead of you. Mentally? Mentally speaking. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm sure Pedro Morales will heed your words soon as we play this interview for him. Bill Apter with the great Pompero Furpo at Cobo Arena in Detroit. Oh yeah, Josh, what did you think? I think uh, that is a somewhat scary gentleman. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think that what were the three words again that he was most uh well kill murder destroy but he changed it as mm -hmm. he said in the interview yeah so but let's talk about kill murder destroy and let's add a fourth one on there dismember and that brings us to the next thing on our headlines uh, a lot oh, of people yeah. i myself caught this um and said something to my wife while i was watching it um the man stephanie mcmahon's line about dismemberment um was a little uh hit a little too close to home with really? the whole crown jewel controversy. Um, Correct. I think that uh, it, it obviously was not meant to reference that in any way, shape or form, but it just show it, it's just like one of those things where you're just like, man, you have to nobody backstage. Maybe they're all just too close to it. They're too in their bubble. No, but, but remember, it's every, live TV. They may not have told her to say that. Maybe. That, but, just, that just may have come out. Yeah, so I wonder how many groans there were backstage. But that was, I mean, that, that's not much of a headline. It's just I don't know. I, I don't about. know if, if anybody really studied that. Yeah, thought, I mean, look, it was what it that. was. You don't have to make a big deal out of it, but it was just kind of like, hey. Well, you were trying to. Was I? You were. That's All why right. you brought it up. To make a big deal out of it? Obviously, obviously, but don't we know. don't need to make a big deal out of I'll it. I'll make a big deal out of it if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're, I'll make a big deal. Here's, here's my big deal out of it. Let's not say dismemberment. Let's not talk about that on a PG show if we're going to try and pretend that we're PG and for the kids. And let's also not do it so soon after being uh, in Saudi Arabia with all the controversy going around about somebody that actually was dismembered. That's just all my right. my feeling. You are on your uh, soapbox, and that's fine. Yep, absolutely. Hey, you put all right, me up let's here. Move Speaking on of things, I had something else, Bill. If you don't mind, that I wanted to talk about when we're talking about uh, some, some violence and whatnot. Um, you had mentioned the other week David Arquette. You talked oh, about how David Arquette, uh, you know, what he was doing in the business, and we talked about how excited we were to see him uh, really embracing this. Well. He was involved in a, uh, I believe it was billed as a death match. It um, was. And it was, uh, it was tough to, to, to watch. Um, and he, he obviously at one point, there was a bunch of uh, fluorescent you know, light bulbs broken over him. And at one point he ended up cutting his neck. And he has said that he kind of, that kind of made him panic a little bit. Um, but you could see how he just got up and left when the match was over. Uh, you can see when he started shooting on his opponent, um, and they just kind of went to the finish. You don't go into a match like this without being a, a, a trained, I, I don't so, know if there's anything no. called a trained hardcore wrestler, no, there but isn't. you don't go into something like this. In my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, that's not professional wrestling. Um, no. professional re to be a professional wrestler, uh, you train for an extended period of time. And once you're done training, you continue to learn and get better every single time you're out in the ring. Um, you do not need one day, one second of training to learn how to hit somebody with a light bulb or to be hit with a light bulb. That's not professional wrestling. And I felt that way back. We, you know, we mentioned in, in the past in our show, uh, available in the archives at theafterchat.com. You've mentioned we mentioned that uh, when I was young, I I had a 
promotion called the Teenage Wrestling Foundation. And it was when I was 15 and 16 years old and it was supposed to be like the little league of, of pro wrestling was my intention with that. And I remember at times people comparing it to backyard wrestling. And that used to really annoy the hell out of me because we were putting on an, a sports entertainment show. There was no blood. There was no broken light bulbs. There was no, uh, you know, everything was a, a, a young kid's version of it. It wasn't backyard wrestling. Whereas backyard wrestling at the time, if you remember in, in the late 90s, uh, there were DVDs going out of backyard wrestling matches of these kids just breaking light bulbs over each other and using barbed wire and just bleeding. This is not pro wrestling. And as somebody who's experienced as a former pro wrestler, this is not pro wrestling. Well said. And and I agree that I was at a lot of your uh, TWF shows. And I agree. that, t- And that's not what you guys did. Yes. Thank it's not you. what you guys put on professional wrestling matches. Yeah. But I know you from being not only trained, but even in your days as a fan, et cetera, this was not the type of professional wrestling no. that you watched nor what you liked. No, and, and and that's the point that I was trying to make. And David Arquette should not have been placed in that environment because he's not he didn't know what he was getting himself into. And it wasn't right for them to try and take advantage of his celebrity to put him into something like that. No, absolutely. But again, he could have said no. I don't think he knew what he was getting into. I think he, you know, it, it, and and yeah, he could have said no. Um, I mean, and... that guy who who was it? Nick Gage. Yes. Okay, so here's the guy who was the top of the violence roster at CZW. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look at who you're going in against, and you know, hey, we can use this celebrity guy up here, but yeah. he legitimately was hurt. And uh, his family was very, very uh, uh, frightened by what happened to him. As they should have been. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but that yeah. brings me to uh, a match in Mexico that happened recently. I don't know if you saw the video of this where it was a, a, a death match there. And uh, the one opponent did not like getting hit in the head with a steel chair a couple times. So he went and got a cinder block and threw it over the top rope at his opponent's head claims he didn't mean to throw it at his head, but he threw a cinder block at him, hit him in the head. And, uh, that was the end of that. Um, the wrestler who got hit in the head had to go have a, um, uh, some sort of, uh, brain surgery. Um, and I, I think is doing fine, but, uh, yeah, this is not pro wrestling. So for anyone who's listening, maybe if it's somebody who's younger, who's thinking, Oh, this is, this isn't pro wrestling and uh, I can't stress that enough. Um, and Bill, I, I know you agree with me. So, Oh, I, I, absolutely. It's, it's a different, it's just a, uh, uh, it's, it's sensationalism. Yeah, it's, it's stupid just, it's, is what it it's, is. It's, it, it's the, it's, it's the fight. Well, you're really on a soapbox today. I've never yeah. heard this come out of you before. You know what? I am very comfortable expressing the fact that I think that's a bunch of crap and that it's not pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is something that, you know, I was a wrestler for 10 years. It's something that I gave a lot of my time, my my body to, and I take offense to those types of people calling themselves professional wrestlers uh, when all they're doing is just hitting each other with light bulbs and cinder blocks. So, yeah, I am on my soapbox. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So finally here, Bill, um, our, our last headline we're going to go to is uh, Enzo Amore, or the artist formerly known as Enzo. Um, 
showing up at Survivor Series, showing up in the crowd and getting tackled by a uh, security guard. Um, a lot of people are questioning, is this a work? Is this a shoot? Is this a, a worked shoot? Um, it's not a work shoot. The man earlier uh, in the day or the day before uh, was allegedly asked to get off a uh, – uh, a flight, an, an aircraft before mm-hmm. it took off uh, because he was vaping, allegedly. This right. is the story that I heard. Um, he's way out there. I don't think the WWE feels comfortable uh, in view of even though he was exonerated and what mm-hmm. happened to him in the past. I don't think the WWE feels comfortable uh, having him as a uh, in there however somebody said to me the other day you know how hard it is to get a seat that far up in a pay-per-view and i said yeah it's pretty difficult but there are ways to do that if you pay enough money mm-hmm. uh i do not think it was a work what do you think uh i agree with you i don't think it was a work i don't think wwe has any interest in him uh i think he is trying to just get himself over um for what, I don't know, but, you know, to stay relevant. But I think um, the WWE, they're too big for this stuff. They don't have time to... They don't to, need they don't, it. They no, don't they need don't need it, it and they, there's no tolerance for, for this. So, um, you know, and, and, and as always, I always say, I hope I'm wrong because I, I want nothing more than to be worked by the WWE. I want to be presented with something that I can suspend disbelief or just be totally tricked into thinking that it's legit because that's the fun of being a wrestling fan. So uh, more often than not, I'm watching the WWE and I'm just like banging my head against the wall going, this is, this just looks so fake. This looks so, you know, and I'm not talking about in ring action. I'm talking about the promos and the storylines and where it's just like, what, like what is even happening here? And uh, you know, so yeah, so I want something like this, but uh I don't I, think that was one of them. I don't think so. All right, Josh, we've got to uh, get going. I hope everybody um, had an incredible Thanksgiving and keep up your great Thanksgiving weekends. Uh, send love to your family and friends and send us some love. You can uh, uh, find me at After One Wrestling on Twitter or you can email me directly at beafteratonewrestling.com. And Josh, where can they find you? They can find me at So Says Chernoff on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, if you liked my my soapboxing, please send me your uh, your tweets. And if you didn't, send me your hate tweets to at So Says Chernoff. Uh, you can find us at The After Chat uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And of course, theafterchat.com for our merch, for our various books, uh, for uh, and for our archives. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. We will be back next week with episode 17. We hope that you enjoyed, uh, just a little bit of, of Bill after and Josh Chernoff talking about the headlines, Bill. I had a lot of fun. I know you talked about me being on a, a soapbox and going on, but I actually had a, a, a great time just chatting you let, with you. You let it all out tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I think all we right. have to do that every once in a while, especially every, around Thanksgiving. It air it out. All right. And again, congratulations to, uh, Cody, the American Nightmare, for being the After Chat Podcast Wrestler of the Year 2018. And we'll see you at the matches. Well said. Thank you. <laughs>